You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. What's up, y'all? Welcome to Clapback Culture. I'm your host, Mike Davis of the South Seattle Emerald. And as you can see, uh, Julia Jesse of Converge Media, my co-host, is on a well-deserved day off. So wherever you are, Julia, I hope you are enjoying this time. I'm here with y'all tonight. And yeah, we got a full show. I already see John Jupiter in the comments yeah, man, there's a lot of people that's acting a fool. We're going to get to all of that um, on tonight, though, man. I'm going to need y'all. I'm going to need y'all in the comments. So please, please pull up, jump in the chat, be active because uh, it's just it's just me and y'all tonight. So, man, we got to jump. We got to jump right in it, man. This first topic, of course, I mean, if you watch the news over the weekend, then you already know there was a shooting in Buffalo where. The shooter literally found the most populated black neighborhood that he could in his vicinity. And he drove there and intentionally shot a bunch of black people. It just so happens that a lot of those victims happen to be black elders, man. It's um, it's super sad, man. It's a hard thing to talk about. You know, there was a there was a time in my career, too, that when stuff like this would happen, man, I would I'd write about it. You know, the first thing that I would do is just try to jump on and you know, think piece it and give my two cents. And I just, for my own mental health, I just kind of had to to back off of always jumping in to do that. But that doesn't mean that we can ignore these situations. You know, we still got to talk about them. It's still here. White supremacy is still out here. And there are still folks that are, that are just out here trying to kill black people, man, as many as they can, as fast as they can. It's a sad situation. So, um, we got a clip here and the clip that we're going to run is going to talk about some of the victims, man. These are, these are people, these are not just nameless and faceless entities that were killed, man. These are real people, man. This is people's grandma and grandpa and people that were doing work in the community to uplift the community, man. So it's a super, super sad story. We're going to go into the clip. And then when we come back, I'm going to give, I'm going to give some of my thoughts. Can you run the clip, Cuddy? Six mass shootings in just one weekend and yet again in america at least 14 people are dead we have complete coverage tonight including the latest on the shootings coming up in the news hour but first the latest on the racist murder rampage here in buffalo the city's police commissioner joins us cnbc's perry russell reports from outside the jail where officials are holding the suspect but first cnbc's shamari stone is here reporting on the victims what more have we learned about them well, today was just a very devastating time for people who live in this predominantly African-American community, Shep. Many of them are sad. They're angry. They're filled with anger, trying to understand why this happened. We're learning more about the victims in this case, and many of them tell us they're upset. Tremaine Bryce is filled with agony remembering his close friend, 32-year-old Roberta Drury. She leaves the house to buy food for dinner at the Topps Friendly Market. The suspected shooter steps out of his car and shoots her in the head, her lifeless body lying on the ground. 
Drury helped care for her brother, who is recovering from cancer. She was a good, caring person. That she always going to tell the truth. And she was loving. Aaron Salter, the store's security guard and retired Buffalo police officer. Pearlie Young, a mother, grandmother, who ran a food pantry for years. Catherine Macy, a community activist who used to write for the Buffalo News. Hayward Patterson, a church deacon. Celestine Cheney, a breast cancer survivor. Many of the victims were parents, grandparents, sisters, and brothers. Ruth Whitfield, the oldest victim at 86, was on her way from visiting her husband in a nursing home and stopped by the supermarket. We're not just hurting, we're angry, yeah. we're mad. Her family breaking down in tears at a news conference. Took away my mother and my best friend. How dare you? How dare you? Now, this community is still... Yeah, there's, there's a lot of... Man, there's a lot of ways that we could go. You know, this one, this one hit me. I mean, I'm sure it hit a lot of people, but, you know, white replacement theory, you know, every people's talking about that, but we already know about that. We know what it is, man. I just, I just wish that we didn't have to live in fear that this could happen at any time in any place. And, you know, John Jupiter put a comment about the FBI voting on a special task force to to fight white supremacy. And I'm gonna have to look into that because I, I didn't see that, man. What I what I seen was the Biden administration and uh, they moved to get the House to approve a bill to fight domestic terror. They're calling it the Domestic Terrorism Prevention Act of 2022. It creates offices at the Department of Homeland Security and FBI that are specifically focused on investigating and tracking domestic terror threats. And it directs these offices to share information with each other on potential threats. And when I hear that, to be honest, it's just it's, it's not enough. It's not enough. Like we need a, a bill that specifically calls out anti-black hate that is actually there to protect black people. Saying that you want to target domestic terror will never sit well with me because I'm a black man who's aware of American history. Like, who do you think they're going to target with this domestic terror act? It's going to be us. I mean, if you look back to at what the FBI has done in the past, you know, there was that leak in 1971 that showed the documents, <clears throat> excuse me, that showed the documents from COINTELPRO. And it showed that the FBI had used more resources to target civil rights leaders than they had ever used for any other task in the history of the FBI up until that day. So, the FBI is not out here investigating the KKK. The FBI is not out here investigating these white nationalists. These FBI, are they're taking these government resources and they're using it to investigate black people. In case y'all don't remember, in 2017, the FBI's counterterrorism division listed, and I quote, black identity extremists as a new group of domestic terrorists and they use that to categorize black activists as threats to national security. So when black folks was out there protesting against the system, against police brutality, against unarmed black people being killed, 
What did the FBI do? They decided to make those black people themselves the terrorists and labeled us as the threat and was rounding up activists. And even in 2020, in the George Floyd protest, get on the Google, go look. There was plenty of places. Chicago jumps out to me the most because that's where uh, we had activists disappearing. But activists was getting pulled off the streets and they was disappearing. These people, man, when, when it comes to domestic terrorism, if we lean on the FBI, the FBI isn't going to target the white nationalists. They're going to find a way to spin it and target black folks. That's what they always do. And I'm glad that you didn't know that, John. Welcome to Clapback Culture, man. This is where we talk about these things. The Washington Post ran an article in 2017 on the black identity extremists, and they listed out how the FBI targeted black people and labeled them as domestic terrorists. They also had a link to an article on COINTELPRO, and it talked about all of the resources that the FBI used to go after the leaders of the civil rights movement, who they also call terrorists. So having a domestic terrorism bill in response to 10 black people being murdered by a white supremacist just doesn't do anything for the safety of black people. All you're doing is giving money to the FBI who's just going to turn around and target us, man. So I just, I really wish that we lived in a place where we weren't so afraid to talk directly about anti-black hate. And I'm going to say what I'm going to say, and I'm going to try to say it carefully because I don't mean no disrespect to our Asian brothers and sisters. I'm all for solidarity. But when we saw that uptick in violence against Asian Americans, we had that the, the COVID-19 anti-racing act and that was specifically aimed towards AAPI community and the violence that they were facing. And that violence is real. And if you know Asian folks in your life, which I do, man, they're still afraid and they're still being attacked. So I'm not saying that having a bill that called out Asian hate specifically is a bad thing. I'm saying that it's a great thing. I just don't understand why we can't get that same type of bill to protect black people. Whenever it's black people, it always becomes everybody. It's like they, they all lives matter, everything that we do. And it's like the word black is taboo and we just can't put a name on it. I, I had tweets from Obama and I was going to put these tweets up, but I get tired of catching the heat from everybody talking about how I feel about Obama. But I promise you, go go look up the tweets that Obama posted in response to this shooting in Buffalo. He didn't say nothing about black people. He talked about everybody. He talked about coming together and it's like unity. Like Joe Biden was literally out there uh, kissing babies, but he was talking about unity. Who is the unity with? We're supposed to what? Have unity with the white supremacists? So if black people and white supremacists come together, are they going to like stop killing us now? They're going to put their guns down and now we're all going to be on the same side and sing Kumbaya. We don't need thoughts and prayers. We don't need unity with the people that hate us. What we need is protection and put JP's comment up there. JP, let me correct myself, man. I, I That was not the name of the bill. The name of the bill was the COVID-19 hate crime bill. It was signed in 2021. Go Google the COVID-19 hate crime bill and just do a little reading, JP, and you'll see when they put that bill into law, it was in direct response to violence against the Asian American community. 
It's all right there. And if you go look at the quotes from Joe Biden and from the White House as he signed that bill, that's exactly what he said. So, no, AAPI was not in the name of the bill itself. But yes, the bill was in direct response to the violence that the Asian community faced in 2021, as you know, the Republicans and the white supremacists decided that they was going to blame them for COVID. That was wrong. So don't please don't mix my words and say that I'm against the bill. I'm absolutely for the bill. I've seen the videos. I know that those folks was under attack. What I'm saying is, how come we can't have language that protects us in the same way? I appreciate you, JPEA. We're, we're all here together. That's what we do. But but that's 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 my larger point. My larger point is when it comes to black folks, it, it can't always just be unity, 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 because saying that we need unity doesn't mean anything because who are we to unite with? And we, yo, we're the victims. We're the victims. He just went in there with the AR and shot 10 black people. I seen a video where he pointed the gun at a white person and apologized before moving on. Like he and he made sure that he didn't kill that white person by accident before going and putting a bullet in somebody's grandma's head. Like this is real. We are really under attack. This is the life that we live. Um, and you man, look, I didn't already spoke on how I feel about VP Harris, man, like no hate, no shade, but she'll never really be the pillar for the black community because she don't got no black parents. She got dark skinned parents, but like, yo man, I, I come from slavery on both sides of my family. I, I, I don't feel the same as Obama and, and the Kamala Harris's of the world, man. I'm black. I don't got nothing else but black in me. That's what's in my veins. I, I don't have love for white supremacists. I don't look at white supremacy and have a soft spot in my heart and think that these people could be saved and reformed. No shade to Obama, but his Nigerian father wasn't in his life. I read his book. You could read his book too. He was raised by his white grandparents. And that's why he always got this soft spot for these white folks and believes in all this stuff that he believes. And when Trayvon Martin got killed and he's out here talking about trust the system. Nah, we don't trust the system because we see what the system does to our brothers. We see what it does to our sisters. We see what it does to our moms, our dads, our uncles, our aunties. We know the system is stacked against us. And then in the face of this violence, this specifically targeted violence, you look at the message that was written on the gun that was used to kill these black people. And what do our leaders tell us? Unity. It's all about unity and trust in the system, man. Nah, we're not about that. So yeah, boom. Now we got the Domestic Terrorism Prevention Act of 2022. Now we got a whole new department in Homeland Security and the FBI. Now we putting even more money into policing. So I guess that's the answer, right? That's the answer that Joe Biden always wants to come with. We need more police, more money in police. And that's always the answer, man. But that's not what's going to keep us safe. And also, let's keep it real. How good of a job has the FBI done in curbing white supremacy up till now? Did those January 6th insurrectionists, insurrectionists, did they not plan that whole attack on the Internet? Where was the FBI then? They, they laid the whole plan out. They didn't even have to hide it because somehow those people get to slide because the FBI ain't focused on them. 
but let a black person start talking about civil rights. Let a black person start a real movement. I bet you the FBI will mobilize ASAPolis, man. And, and we got to move on. But dang, I didn't even want to talk about this topic, man. I don't even know how we just went for 15 minutes. We, man, we got to go. We got to go. I got to get up off this, man, because this is starting to get me hot. I just look, man, when it's time to vote, I just need y'all to remember. You know what I'm saying? Last time I was on with Julia and I was doing all the political analysis around here and I was trying to warn y'all about Joe Biden. I was trying to tell y'all that he ain't never did nothing for black folks before. Why would you think he's going to do something now? I was getting called a Trump supporter and I was getting called all this, all that. What have they done? What have the Democrats done for us? Democrats won't even utter the word black, but they will put on kente cloths and put their fist in the air while they take a knee. But while black people is getting murdered, trying to buy groceries on a Saturday, they don't got nothing for you. I'm moving on, man. The next topic. And yo, how ironic is this? Uh, U.S. gun production has tripled since the year 2000. What do you know? <laughs> Thanks for throwing that clip up there, Cuddy. Hey, man, I, I, I for sure remember a certain Democrat running for office talking about how he was going to make it harder for, for people to buy weapons in America. But I'm looking at numbers right now out of this article. It was in the Seattle Times, but it was syndicated. It came from somewhere else. But it says that we are in the middle of a gun buying boom since 2009. Glock has sold more handguns than any manufacturer has sold rifles. And I bring that up because, yo, this ain't hunting. This ain't about hunting season. This is not about people going into the woods, shooting guns from sports, man. People's buying Glocks. Hey, in 2020, there were 11.3 million guns produced in the U.S. The last data that we have from 2018 estimated that there were uh, 400 million guns in the U.S. What happened to the Democrat agenda to limit easy access to guns. Is that just another thing that's not going to happen that people are going to ignore? Meanwhile, black folks is getting gunned down in grocery stores, but buying a gun in America is easier than ever. I got a question too, man. These first three topics that I'm going to cover are all connected and it's wild. Guns are being manufactured in America. No interruption. We ain't talking about no shipping shortages. We ain't talking about no problems with the guns. But baby formula? Oh, no, we don't got none of that. It's a crisis. Stores, shelves, empty. There ain't no baby formula. We can't get that. We can't feed these babies. But guns? Oh, yeah, we, we got that. Hey, this is crazy. I heard an economist say this, and I thought that this was a very, very interesting statement, man. Capitalism is great for things you want, but it is terrible for things you need. And I, I just thought that that was that's big facts. Cuddy, can you put the clip up on the baby formula? Gone. <laughs> that is a hey, that's a great picture. I'm not going to lie to you all. This is the first time that I'm seeing this picture, but that is an excellent picture, man. That is a it looks like a mother with her child and she is staring down empty shelves. And man, John Jupiter, you're 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 on the money today. The baby formula bill. Hey, 
look, I need y'all to go Google that bill and go look at your Republicans and go look at where your Republicans is voting on the baby formula bill. And then go look at where the Republicans is voting on that domestic terrorism bill. I didn't even mention this to y'all, but this I thought was hilarious. The Republicans are against that uh, the domestic terrorism bill. Why? Because they're afraid that the Department of Justice will use that bill to go after parents who complain to the school boards about critical race theory. You can't make this up. I couldn't make this up. I couldn't make this up if I tried. That was wild. I don't know how I left that out of the 15 minutes that I did over there, but I got to come back to this baby formula, man. Hey, sometimes I need Julia, man. Julia will stop me from going on these 15 minute rants. <laughs> but uh, the baby formula shortage is wild though, man. That's a, that's capitalism at its finest, man. So we got this company called Abbott. Abbott is responsible for 42 or for 2021. Let me correct that. In 2021, that company was responsible for 42% of the baby formula produced in the United States. That company, there was four babies that drank formula that came from their factory and they all got this bacterial infection. So not only did they have to do a product recall and get all that product back, they were also ordered to shut down their factory. So that's the reason why you don't see formula on the shelves, or that's part of the reason. Capitalism is the other reason. There are four companies, count them, one, two, three, four, that manufacture most of the formula in the United States. That's me, Johnson, Abbott, Nestle, and Perigo. Hey, there's a 17.5% tax on foreign baby formula to protect the domestic companies that produce baby formula. That is to say, the reason why we can't just go get it from Canada, the reason why we can't just order it from overseas, the reason why you can't just go get it it's because the United States made sure, or it was probably these companies, you know how lobbyists work, you know how lobbyists work when they want to corner a market. John Jupiter, you're right. John Jupiter called it a monopoly. I think it's, there's another word for it. I, I'm not no economist, so I'm not going to kick that wrong word out, but I will tell you this is, yo, those four companies have a major, major, major corner of the gang that nobody could infiltrate. With the 17.5% tax, it makes it not worth it for other countries to try to ship it here because it's just going to get marked up and ain't nobody going to be able to buy it. And then in America, you got WIC. Yo, WIC accounts for 57 to 68 percent of all formula sold in the United States. But under the welfare program, each individual state awards one single exclusive contract to one of those four companies to do the baby formula for their whole state. So you got no foreign competition because they lobbied that away. You got WIC that accounts for over half of the baby formula that can literally only pick one of these companies. And then you got the hospitals, man. There's a lot of research that shows that the formula that people use in the hospital is typically the formula that they use when they leave because when they use it in the hospital, they get comfortable with it. Their baby gets comfortable with it. So people are, are not very likely to switch it up. So those four companies also 
went to the hospitals and they took all those hospital contracts. So they got the whole monopoly and they got the whole game locked down. And one of those biggest companies got shut down. And that's why there ain't no more baby formula. And I'm saying all of this to tell you, yo, they can do whatever bill they want to do. They can hire who they want to hire. They could throw that 28 mil wherever they want to throw it. But as long as we allow that monopoly to continue, then we're always my dreads in the way. We're always at risk for something like this to happen again, man. We can't keep letting capitalism dictate all of the important stuff. Capitalism is cool when you want to sell your kicks on StockX, but, but capitalism isn't the best way to go for things that are as important as baby formula, man. So, you know, this is where we are in America. Uh, man, I think I'm getting the word that I, I, I got to take a break. Ooh, we in six months, Darnell, man, that's, that's, that's wild. That's wild. They blocked the bill to help 52%. Man, look, yo, that's facts. All of that is facts, man. I appreciate y'all dropping all those facts, man. Like it, it, it's true. It's true. Oh, Leon was good. I didn't even know Leon was in here. What's happening? Yeah. So that's where we are, man. That's where we are with, with, with all of that, man. We got guns being manufactured. Don't worry, though. Guns is on the shelf. You might not be able to feed your baby, the baby that they're trying to force you to have against your will, which is also wild. They're going to force women to have these babies, but they don't even got the infrastructure to feed them. Only thing that we could keep on the shelves in America is guns. Ain't that something? We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're doing it for the culture. Yo, yo, welcome back. Welcome back. Oh, I see that Miss Dora stepped in. How you doing tonight? Cuddy, real fast, man. Can you put John Jupiter's last comment up real quick? I just want to read that one to the people. All people care about is a picture of drinks and food and selfies with quotes. <laughs> I'm like literally so much going on. Can we have an adult conversation about democracy? That's facts, man. People be so distracted, man. There's so many distractions out here, man. And I, I always encourage people, man, especially the youth, get off of Instagram, get off of social media, get off of that and look at this world and see what's going on, man. There's a lot going on. We ain't even about to talk about monkeypox tonight. Y'all hear about monkeypox? Somebody in the comments, please tell me that you heard about monkeypox. I got to do some research before we start talking about it. But, yo, man, there's there's a lot going on in this world right now. And we're going to keep jumping right in it. Next topic, man. Uh, Netflix. Yo, I feel like we've been talking about Netflix a lot, man. Netflix is telling employees to quit if they don't like the content. And, hey, I'm telling y'all straight up. I love it. I love it, love it, love it, man. Look, if you don't like the content and you don't want to work there, quit. I, I've been, look, I am a very, very strong advocate of quitting. I think one thing in our society that is broken is that we spend all our lives telling the youth not to quit. Don't quit this, don't quit. Man, sometimes quitting is the best option. All of y'all out here, man, listen. The great resignation is a scam. People aren't just resigning and, and going home playing PlayStation 5. People are getting new jobs. People are being mistreated at job A, kicking them to the curb and going to job B. Quit. 
Now, as for Netflix, I think Netflix is interesting, man, because Netflix is not the New York Times. Like they're not here to, to give us critical information. Netflix is here for entertainment. So it's like if you work for Netflix and you're mad that Dave Chappelle said what he said in his special, I think you're right to be mad. But the idea that you're just going to walk out from work, the idea that you're just going to go trash your company on social media, yo, that's your employer. I'm surprised those people didn't just get fired. But like if Netflix is putting out content and you don't believe in the content that they're putting out, don't work there. You do have a choice. And I just think that it's wild that we're even in this situation. So Netflix put out some new guidelines and they sent it to the employees that basically said the viewers are going to decide what the content is. If the viewers are clicking and they're watching, they're going to run it. And if not, they won't. And it's hilarious to me, too, because, yo, Netflix will <laughs> Netflix will pull a show that everybody likes, man. Netflix is wild. You never know what's going to survive on Netflix. But I do think that they have a point, man, like certain people's job at Netflix is 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 their content and if that's where you work then you're gonna get to curate the content if not you don't <laughs> come to work or don't the funny thing about that though is yo netflix just laid off all of their minorities and lgbtq folks i mean not all of them but a lot of those divisions man if you're a fan of netflix strong back uh strong black lead cut they had the um the, the Latin one, I don't know what it's called, and I'm not about to butcher that language. Cut. The Asian-American one, cut. The LGBTQ, cut. Netflix just cut like 150 employees, man. That's a story, I guess, for next week. But it's just hilarious, man. Netflix, Netflix is bleeding right now. Maybe this isn't the time for Netflix to be telling people to quit, man. Netflix is in trouble. I don't know what they're going to do, man. There's there's too many options. They're not the only one on the block. I tried to tell y'all last time, man, that Netflix was in trouble. And I remember being right here. People in the comments try to tell me this. Julia tried to tell me this. Nah, Netflix is going to be all right. No, Netflix is not all right, man. Netflix got a bad business model and they have for a while. So, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. But we got to move on. This next topic is an interesting one. I really, really wanted to talk about this next topic, not just because it was interesting, but because I just love victories, man. I love to cheer people, cheer for people. The U.S. women's soccer team has been in this fight to get equal pay with the men's team for so, so long. <clears throat> Excuse me. They won. They won. They won, man. Usually when we go live on Julia, man, that's when I sit my water, man, is talking, man. I, I got to do it. I'm sorry, y'all. They won that fight and it's a big fight, man. That's a, it's a monumental victory. It's a historic victory. This is, they're the first federation in the world to equalize FIFA World Cup prize money for the men's and the women's team. And I know that we're in America. So to us, you know, soccer is in. But yo, man, this is actually the biggest sport in the world. So these women getting this equal pay in soccer is everything. And they fought tooth and nail. And it was just dope to see how strong they stood. And the fact that the U.S. women's soccer team is so good like the quality of soccer that they play is amazing and the men are abysmal man they're terrible they're they're borderline unwatchable it was crazy how the men were getting paid so much more than the women while just being terrible for years and years and years like those guys stink 
The women deserve the money. They probably should have gave the women more money, but we'll take this victory right here. Hey, the deal though is, is crazy. It also included a 50-50 split of the player's share of broadcast, sponsorship, and partner revenue. And that right there is probably bigger than the prize money. 50-50 split on the broadcast? They gave them half of the TV money? Oh yeah, they're balling. They're balling. They're balling. The deal also includes childcare, parental leave, short-term disability, mental health impairment, travel, and equality of venues and player services. These women took them to the cleaners. Everything they wanted, they got. Everything that they were told that they wouldn't get, they got all of it and then some. So shout out to them, man. I, I just, I rule for victories, man. Shout out, man. That's a, it's just a major shout out. I don't got nothing significant to add. I just wanted to clap and cheer because they went and they got that bread and, you know, it was very, very clear that they deserved it. So shout out to them. Hey, moving on. This is an interesting one, man. Um, <laughs> Nike is suing StockX. Now, I'm not going to lie, man. This is personal. This, this is personal for me, man, because, you know, if, if you're like me, and you grew up at a time when, you know, the Jordans came out on like Wednesdays. So if you were the kid that was willing to skip school and go stand in line, you got all the shoes. Now it's online and you know what I'm saying? All of these kids that was never down with the culture, they're just jumping on and it's just it just flipped the whole game up. StockX is an interesting company though because StockX is where you buy the Nikes that were exclusive drops. And we had an overlay and it's gone, but I don't need it. I'm not gonna be here long. I just wanna put y'all up on, on quick game. So when you hear about sneakers that are ridiculously priced, if they're not designer shoes, if they're just Nikes, Jordans, Yeezys, they're not actually ridiculously priced. The retail is like a couple hundred bucks. It's the aftermarket. StockX became the king of the aftermarket because of their, authentic, their authentication process. They take the shoes that people sell to other people. They bring them to their offices first. They verify that the shoe was authentic because fake shoes is a huge, huge thing. And once they verify that, they send it off. Nike is suing StockX and they're claiming that they bought four pairs of shoes in February that were fake. That's major. That's StockX's whole business model. That's the whole reason why StockX is even a thing. I hate StockX with a passion. So Darnell, I'm with you. Like, I think the whole thing is overrated. I think the price that people pay for Jordans is overrated. If you know anybody in your life that's actually into like high class shoes, they'll tell you the truth. Jordans are very, very cheaply made. None of the materials on them are real. No Jordan shoe has real leather. I'm looking at like four pair of Jordan 11s that I got right over there. I got a crazy collection, but it's just funny because like the patent leather on the Jordan 11s is literally just fake leather and it's shiny and they get big money off that. But this is crazy, man. StockX was doing NFTs and throwing the Nike logos on there. So Nike was suing them. I just thought it was interesting because, you know, the whole NFT thing, man, I just, maybe I'm just too old, but I'm not down with the if with the NFT stuff either. Also, oh man, why, why couldn't Julia be here today? So many reasons why I need her here today. Cuddy too, man. I try to tell y'all about this crypto. We're talking about these NFTs and that reminded me of the crypto. And since this is just me here by myself, I can do what I want. The crypto crash 
All of you people out there that was getting down with the crypto, I told y'all, I told y'all, I told y'all, man, it's not real money. I'm going to tell you, I'm no expert, I'm no genius, but this is what I'll tell all of y'all about these cryptocurrencies. It's not even the fact that the feds haven't found out how to regulate it yet. That's part of it, but that's not all of it. It's the fact that you're putting money into an asset that has no value outside of the fact that people put money in it, if you understand what I'm saying. Like, I can buy these AirPods or I could put money in Nike stock because Nike or Apple, because Apple produces AirPods, Apple produces phones. So I'm putting money into Apple, not just because Apple is Apple, but it's because of the products that Apple produces. When you put your money into Bitcoin, Bitcoin is nothing. What is a Bitcoin? Like you can't hold a Bitcoin in your hand. You can't pass it. Like there's no actual value of the coin in itself. The only value that it has is because idiots keep putting money into it. And the people that got rich off it are the people that were already rich. And all of the homies and the bros that jumped in late, man, you guys are losing all your bread, man. It was a bad idea from the start, man. You guys bought a whole bunch of nothing. People are out here mining them and just wasting a bunch of electricity. And I'll tell you this. I looked up what it means to mine Bitcoin, and I'm not even going to tell you all what it means. But I will do is this. Go to the cryptocurrency person in your life, because I'm sure all y'all got at least one, and go ask them what the process is to mine Bitcoin. And if you're foolish enough to put your money into Bitcoin and you can't explain the process of how a Bitcoin is created, you're a fool. And if you lost your money, you deserved it. I don't feel bad for none of those people, man. It's wild. I should have brought this story here. It was just crazy to see it crash. Like you guys is out here just buying all this funny money, man. Just letting rich folks hustle y'all. It was a clear cut hustle from the beginning, man. Never buy anything that doesn't have value outside of just you giving it money. There has to be something tangible. Put money into industry. Put money into companies that create products. Don't put money into thin air because it's a dumb idea. We got to take a break. When we get back, we got one more topic. Um, it's another topic that I got to try to talk about carefully. But um, a Palestinian American journalist was killed. And it's been wild to me, the lack of coverage that this has received. So we're going to take a quick break and when we come back. We're going to break that down. Hey, welcome back to Clap Back Culture, y'all. We got one more topic, but before we do, I want to get to two comments. I got one from John Jupiter. Big sharks have already got their chips. They convince you to buy it. Hey, that's facts, man. That's literally what happened with like GameStop when they short sold GameStop. They all got in, got their money, and then everybody that came late just took L's, man. You got to be in early and fast. And a lot of times, man, when you're a new investor, it's really not there, man. Like the get rich quick scheme, it really just doesn't exist. And I want to get one more up there from uh, Darnell, man. Darnell said he had a nice run. He got in and got out. That's the way to do it, though. And there are plenty of people who got in, got out, and that's the way you do it. Personally, you know what I'm saying? Because look, man, this is community. This is our community. I got a lot of love for y'all. I want to see y'all win. The best thing to invest in is companies that you actually believe in, man. Not the funny money, not the quick lick, but the companies that you know. My biggest stock investment is Nike. 
Why? Because I got a whole, I literally, bro, I got a wall. I got these transparent boxes. I got walls of shoes around me right now. I know how Nike is doing. I know what the company is doing because I'm naturally aware of Nike. So I could see. Now, mind you, the market's down. I've been taking L's lately, but you know, I'm playing the long game. Nike's going to be okay. They're going to bounce back. They always do. So just when you're investing your money, be careful and, and know that everything that glitter ain't gold, man. I just, I, I don't want to see y'all take L's out here, man. So this last topic, man, it's, it's, it's a serious one. It's a serious one. And you know, I'm gonna be real with y'all too. I, I've, <laughs> I've gotten warned in a couple of different places about how to approach this topic because, you know, I've been told that like we can't be anti-Semitic, which I personally would never be, not intentionally, but I, I do feel like we should be able to talk about Israel. We should be able to talk about the Israeli government. We should be able to talk about the fact that the Israeli government assassinated a member of the press a Palestinian-American journalist, Shireen Abu Akla. And I apologize if I pronounce her name wrong, but yo, she was wearing a press vest and got shot in the head. And not only did she get shot in the head, but the Israeli government announced today that there will be no criminal investigation in the slang of this journalist because she was quote unquote in a combat situation. Um, so yeah, that happened. That's not the end of it though. Not only did they kill this Palestinian journalist, they came to her funeral. The Israeli police came to her funeral and they beat the pallbearers. Yes, you heard me right. They murdered the journalist, bullet to the head, murdered the journalist, and then showed up to her funeral and they beat the pallbearers that were carrying her casket. They almost dropped the casket. The whole thing is on video. I don't understand why we have to have all of these bleeding hearts about Ukraine. And yeah, it's hard to see the citizens in Ukraine be attacked. Wrong is wrong. I'm not saying it's right, but it's real interesting in the stance that our government takes for the Ukrainians while we just turn our back on what's happening to the Palestinians. I also question who purchased that gun that killed that journalist? Was it us? Because we know how much bread, how much money, how much support that we send to the Israeli government as they brutalize the Palestinians, man. Can you run the clip, Cuddy? Gathered in their hundreds in East Jerusalem for Shireen Abu Akleh's final journey, the Al Jazeera correspondent shot dead earlier this week. Her funeral procession began outside St. Joseph's Hospital, Israel forbids public displays of Palestinian flags. So Israeli forces moved in after they say they came under attack from stone throwers. They struck using their batons as stun grenades were fired. Mourners almost dropped her coffin. Even in death, there was no peace for the respected journalist killed doing her job. The grotesque scenes continued. The correspondent's coffin was eventually driven to the funeral as Israeli forces continued to pull Palestinian flags from the windows. 
Shireen Abu Akleh had worked for Al Jazeera for more than 25 years. She was experienced, admired and trusted. She was shot in the head reporting in Janine by what her colleagues said was Israeli fire. Israel says its forces were being attacked by Palestinian gunmen and it's unable to determine who was responsible. Inside Jerusalem's Cathedral of the... No investigation. No investigation, man. They, they gunned her down. No investigation. And then they showed up to her funeral and beat people and let off blast balls, man. I just, I don't, I don't know what to say, man. Like, it is hard to put words on that. Yeah, that's right, Leon. Yeah, you're absolutely right. She was Palestinian-American. Where's our response from their government? I'm going to tell you the response from our government. The Biden administration has called for a transparent investigation. There you go, Leon. That's what our government did. They called for a transparent investigation a day before the Israelis told us that there will be no criminal investigation, man. This is what happens, man. This is what happens to the Palestinians, man. This is who the U.S. decides to stand up for and who they don't decide to stand up for. I mean, I, it just, it's just, oh, man, it makes me mad, man. It makes me mad on, you know, who gets to be human and who gets to be treated less than human. It makes me mad to be in a country where I, all I hear is people yell free speech, free speech, free speech. Where, where's the, they don't get no freedom. We're literally supporting the oppressor in this situation. The Israeli government or the Israeli police, did you see that? They were snatching the Palestinian flags. They couldn't even fly a Palestinian flag at the funeral for a Palestinian person. But is the U.S. going to say something about that? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Because it doesn't extend over there. You know what I'm saying? But we're going to go after the big, bad Russians. It's just it's, it's crazy how we pick and choose and who we pick and choose and which people get treated like humans and which people get treated like animals, man. Yeah, that's right, Darnell. We are in bed with Israel, and that's why we allow Israel to do this. If you're down with us, you're our homies. You could go around the world and commit atrocities at will. That's just how the game is played. And that's what it is. But man, look, that's our show, man. I'm gonna get out of here before I say something that gets myself in trouble. But I have fun with y'all tonight, man. I appreciate y'all. You already know. Everybody that pulled up in the comments, I appreciate you. I have fun, man. John, Darnell, Leon, Dora. Uh, I sure hope I'm not forgetting nobody. But if I am, you know that I love you. I'm Mike Davis, South Seattle Emerald, holding it down. Julia Jesse of Converge Media will be back next week. My guy Cuddy was in the back holding it down the whole time. Cuddy, you already know I appreciate you. Tonight was a great show. I had fun with y'all, and I'll see you next week. Peace. produces culturally relevant content for black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.